Thanks for listening to Reads and Weeds. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review, and tell me where you're reading from and what you're reading. Have fun. Okay, we're recording. Reads and Weeds. All right. And we're recording it on video. And this is Shelly Smith. And this is Jamie Lowell. Hello. So, yeah, uh, as the house band tonight. Not so much. Which I just is nice. To still have this when we started recording, but okay. Well, we'll have to just get you to improvise some background. Oh, also, we have a sick spread right now. We've got a huge loaf of sourdough and edamame and oil and two different kinds of cheese and guac and olives and mangoes and cucumbers and salmon and crackers. And iced tea. It could be worse. And two tiny puppies that are absolutely 100% cute as fuck. <laughs> we might, we'll, we'll definitely see Zeta. Sure. Yeah. Pull them both and up. And right yeah. now we're smoking Shiraz, which is delightful. And it is March 26th, 2021. And we haven't seen each other since. Well, it's been a long time. It's man. been a long time. It's Holy been a shit. long time. Yeah, and we've seen we've each seen other each on video. On screen. On screen. Because we're in a. Uh, Jamie hosts long-running Jazz Cabbage Cafe, and he also is just kind of and talk about what you do, all the organizations you're involved with, and the policy, and your kind of history of cannabis. Because this is the first time I've had you solely on. Sure, okay. Jamie was on for Smoke Signals, as well as um, Fingerprints of the Gods. Right, but we want enough time to have talk about the show, so I'll limit. Yeah, the yeah. Discussion about me. Well, just do just a little, a little right. what you're up to right now. Um, so I've always kind of, and I've been involved in this for a long time, have towed the line between advocacy, activism, business, political, legal things, just all the, the components and worked with and for and with the point of helping whatever uh, needed at the time to move things forward and uh, to reasonably be able to have good policy that's fair to everybody in place and have individual rights as well as the ability for, for licensed businesses to operate. And, um, and I'm currently with the Botanical Company as Director of Advocacy and Social Equity. I serve, oh, I wondered. I never really knew. Like, I didn't know if you were an investor, a founder, but that's your title. That is my title. Okay. I have a few other things going on that are related, but... Um, I'm really happy to be able to do that. I'm really happy for the opportunity that they gave me to be able to essentially keep doing a lot of the stuff I really love to do, but get get some support and backing and um, That's wonderful. And have them exercise the company's philosophy with me a little bit too about um, trying to maintain the integrity of the laws. And It's spring in Michigan. There you go. There's O'Brien. So I also serve on the board of um, the, uh, the Cannabis Caucus which is in the coalition of the Michigan uh, Cannabis... Freedom Coalition. Freedom Coalition, mm -hmm. in which I'm on the policy committee, mm -hmm. along with you and some of these yeah. capacities. So the Michigan well. Cannabis Freedom Coalition is fairly new in the last couple of months. One of the things that was happening was um, Michigan legalized cannabis, but there are still a whole lot of cannabis prisoners right now. So what the Cannabis Freedom Coalition is trying to do is filter through anyone in the system right now in Michigan with a cannabis conviction with no like violent other things like um, just basically cannabis is what's holding them up and 
There are so many people like that that we're working through them step by step, trying to help them get legal help, putting things in their commissary, finding out if they, their family needs anything, trying to get you talk to the Department of Corrections, to the parole board. And um, Michael Thompson just got out of prison at the end of January. And we're hash bashes this weekend. It's always the first weekend in April. And one of the things that uh, we are doing is another virtual hash bash because last year was virtual kind of as an emergency because we just didn't understand what was going on. And nobody could go to the Diag and party and all that. But it was good. And we hung out all day and it was good. But um, we're partying and Michigan's getting all this tax money, but there's still people in jail. So one of the things we're trying to do at this year's Hash Bash, besides have fun and do a lot of great things, is um, raise awareness about needs for criminal justice reform in Michigan. Right? Would you say that's pretty fair? We still have some work to do. We do recognize and celebrate kind of how far we've come and certainly compared to many other places. And there's lots of great things that we could say about where we are. But there are most definitely things that have been identified that persist that still need some work. And in part, this is a protest and this is a time to uh, to get some of these issues out there. And, and a lot of us who are involved have been working on many of these things. So it's going to it's gonna be a great production. There also are people showing up at the Diag. Um, there are not any permits for the sound or anything like that, but uh, some people who are very passionate about this and who want to be there on the hollowed ground at the time, including John Sinclair and Adam Brooke. That's where they're going to be? That's where they're going to be. They're also going to have videos for our production as well, um, which is very cool. And... Uh, and they expect anybody else who'd like to join them down there to respect their space and everybody's space and wear a mask. And, you know, we're around the corner from getting over this thing and to, uh, you know, kind of have mass gatherings and backslide and pump the numbers up there a little bit before we can get through this is, is, is unnecessary. So um, next year we'll be back there in uh, full force with permit and, uh, 10, 15,000 people can show up, and hopefully we'll all be safe and back to kind of how it used to be. I'm sure it won't be exactly like yeah. that. But, yeah. But. Well, and this is great. What's great is a lot of times I know some of you don't have any idea what Hash Bash is. Some of you have been going to Hash Bash forever and never had any idea that people were speaking or that it was a protest <laughs> of any kind. You thought it was the day that everybody smoked weed in the Diag. That's what I thought for a long time. And it is. It is the day that everybody smokes weed in the diet. But I didn't realize until I got on the stage that all these senators and business owners and patients and everybody was talking and they were teaching. And some people are there purely for that. And there's all these other events on the weekend. So it's good to keep it going. Um, I was trying to find a book cover. We uh, are going to talk about America Before by Graham Hancock. And we, I don't even remember how long ago it was. I feel like it was over a year ago. Jamie recommended that we talk about fingerprints of the gods. And I had never heard of it, so I was excited to do it. And I'm just going to turn myself up a little bit right there. Okay. And uh, I think somebody's getting ready to come in the door. And it's going to be fine. (laughs) The dogs are going to (laughs) be fine. And everything's going to be fine. We'll see. It's open. It's going to have to be acknowledged in some way. There's going to have to be some speaking to, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Hey, 
Sherman can you do what they're doing, man? Sherman and Jay. I know. Look at there. Look at Did them. you just leave him alone? Did you just oh give him a pass? Oh, my God. Well, wow, very, very, must that's be very amazing. Grateful and you guys just your... saw something here. Sherman was wow. really chill around Paul. <laughs> it was really he's super cool. He's on the floor cool. chilling. He's had a long day. He is kind of tired. He's a little he's snore, tiny too. little snore. And this is Ida. Hi. The greatest dog yeah. ever. Um, and this is her human, Jamie Lowell, also my house band. Okay. So the first question I have is, okay, so just let me tell you real quick about Fingerprints, the gods. I'd never heard of Graham Hancock. I didn't know why he was so popular. Now I understand he's been on Joe Rogan. He's been on Russell Brand. Like he's in, I don't know if you should call him an archaeologist or a pseudo-archaeologist because he kind of has a... Neither, I would say. He's neither. He's a a journalist who's done a lot of research. He, He gets that criticism. Well, that that's they, that's they, something I want to talk about. But, it's like, what what is he? Because when you look up reviews and study guides and stuff, they say like, one of the ways that he talks in this book is like, I'm trying to do something and they're trying to stop me. <laughs> but, well, so but then you think like, oh, maybe they're just doing a lot more research and they're waiting to say something definitive. But he, he feels like, like he really wants, I feel like he really wants to be respected by archaeologists. But and and he, and he probably is with some, right? Don't you think? Well, some and you know, and some geologists and and others, uh, you know, are are kind of catching on. But it's not really him. It's like there's this there's this information. There's this evidence. There are these things that are being uncovered, and there are more things since Fingerprints of the Gods was published in 1995. There's been more things that help to kind of support. Right the idea of, of the advanced law civilization. And there are some certain facts that exist. And he differentiates. Yeah. Hey, sorry, Sherman. there's there's Sherman now chiming in. Sherman. He differentiates between what the known facts are and, and where his imagination can go based on those yeah. known facts. Yeah. But some people confuse that with him proclaiming things or making conclusions, and they right. call him a pseudoscientist or pseudo-archaeologist or something right. like that and take issue with him. But... Uh, I think he defends himself really well on one of those. Well, Jamie yeah, nice, to, nice to officially meet you now. Awesome place, man. I loved it. I got a couple of nice, big, beautiful boxes of fucking different types of mushrooms yeah. out of there. So, uh, if you haven't heard of Graham Hancock, Fingerprints of the Gods, ma- Magicians, what's that one? Yeah, Magicians of the Gods. Magicians of the Gods, which is a cool one that kind of came in between them. We skipped yeah. it in a way, but that's still a, a cool well, one to get to at some the, point. The, it's really hard to go. Here's a quick summary because it yeah. seems crazy. But in Fingerprints of the Gods, using like ancient maps and archaeological research and looking at the arts of people and the depths of soil and, and, and all these things, ah! he um, he, what what would you say? Hypothesize. Is, I guess he hypothesizes that um, ancient civilizations were way more advanced than we are now, and there was an incident, and they They're were more well, advanced than we that we thought people were before. Than we thought I'm people not sure, were. like than we are now. Now that's possible, but I don't think. Well, my know. my impression was like he talks about all these amazing like uh, earthly. Giant th- things like the pyramids, yeah. Easter Island, like all these amazing things, wonders of the world, and says right, and like, things and things that are there that we 
in this day we and age have understand. a hard time reproducing the way they cut the stones and right. got 70 ton and his, several 70 ton stones three or four hundred feet up in the air to yeah. be part of the structure and stuff yeah. like that yeah. and if i'm remembering correctly he's saying like think of a civilization that knows they're in their last gasps like this is the highest you know we're ever going to get and they're building something to remind future generations that there was super intelligent life here before and they're saying, like, remember this. And some of the advanced people would be passing years the, from now. Passing the, the technology on to, like, hunter and gatherer societies mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's why right around the same time of some of these megalithic structures and these uh, cataclysmic events, they suddenly, people image. suddenly learned about um, agriculture and other things like that and and these stones were carved in very sophisticated ways and things and that would all just like happen relatively quickly in some instances and and he also discusses about how some cultures came upon things that were already there kind of used it built other stuff on it around it and they got kind of credited with it and their whole era and you know and that kind of stuff but the reality is many times those things were had been there already um, so he points out that type of stuff too. In America, before uh, wait, wait, sorry, before before you go deeper into it, what I want to know, um, because for me it came out of I, I I had not been interested in this, and then I realized like more people have listened to the Fingerprints of the Gods show, Reason We Show, than any other show, and I was like, why that one? And, you know, and then I started googling it myself and realizing everybody was talking about it. And um, so I'm curious, why did you become so interested? Why did you and Richard, our friend Richard was supposed to be with us tonight, Richard Sarfo, hope you are very well. We want you to join us next time. I'm way too much food thinking you were going to be here. <laughs> but um, yeah, but we wanted to talk about it anyway. But why did you start caring about this? Why did this? Well, I'll let Richard speak for himself, but I will say that one of his concerns from discussions I've had with him is the fact that some of the... Um, more current thinkers in in archaeology and some in, in in other disciplines are not readily accepting some of this new information and kind of changing perspective or at least opening up some questions or you know that type of stuff. So that's one okay. of his concerns and that's and that's one of the issues that is going on. This started for me. Um, I was actually in Michael Camorn's office. And there's the America Before cover. Oh God, it's backwards. It's backwards. Shit. Well, that's kind of what well, you get to get an idea of what it looks like. Somebody yeah. can now easily walk up with a mirror and then look at it <laughs> through the, true. you know. That's true. Problem solved, folks. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah. There's other ways in post-production to throw it up sure. there properly. You but, guys uh, But that, it, right. it, uh, I was checking it out and I, and I actually, the, the Perry Reese map, you alluded to the maps thing. Yeah. And it, in the discussion on that was there a map in existence that was based on uh, these these source maps, as they called it, and many of them, and it had like land masses that were above water that are now like 300 feet below water, uh, and it was um, correct in terms of longitude and latitude, which would be uh, contrary to our belief that we just came up with being able to do both successfully, uh, you know, in the 1800s, I think, or something like that. So. Uh, there's there's other evidence of uh, you know people being able to sail the seas and navigate and and uh, and and get around well before we ever thought they could you know so some some of this discussion points to that 
you know, kind of a thing. And uh, and it just seemed reasonable enough. And it's just fun to think about stuff like that. To, to, like, I think totally it's have fun to think about, view, you know? yeah, the, um, can I tell you a joke real quick, Jamie? You may. When we did, uh, a couple of weeks before we did Fingerprints the Gods, it was Jamie's birthday on Jazz Cabbage, and somebody sent him a card that was happy birthday written in dicks. Do you remember this card, Jamie? <laughs> okay. So he's like, look, look at this I birthday had, had card. I had just recently been able to forget about it until right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Showed it to me on his phone. Look, it's happy birthday written in dicks, right? So I realized like this is the highest form of technology, like these devices. And we're like, what are we going to do for the universe with this technology? You don't have to go through the hassle of you know, killing a tree and printing it out. You what just... we're going to do is learn how to write happy birthday in dicks. That's what we're going to do with this power. Hey. right? And so the joke I wrote was like, my biggest fear after reading Fingerprints of the Gods is if you could get in a time machine, you travel back like 50,000 years, and you see this ancient, amazing culture, and you go, and there's this pyramid, and there's this city, and people have magic powers, and you're like, what are you guys working on? And they go, we just learned how to write happy birthday. <laughs> right, yeah. And you know that we're there. Like, we think all that. Hey, they were advances us. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. We've always been buffoons who didn't know our doom was nigh. Okay, so Fingerprints of the Gods was mainly him talking about certain places around the planet that seem like signals of mastery that we don't know that much about from the past much more ancient than we think the technology yeah. same symbols on, yeah. on things all over the world in megalithic structures you know and yeah pyramids all over the place and, and he's uh, just saying like shit underwater to- he also i'm sorry he also yeah. like like spent years scuba diving checking shit out underwater i mean he went to go investigate he is a journalist yeah. but he went to go personally like research and investigate a bunch of this stuff and he talks about it and if you just simply kind of like are, are a little bit more aware. You can see the differ the, the difference between what he's presenting as here's the evidence and here are the facts of, of how yeah. this is versus his kind of imagination on top of what it could mean. Yeah. Well, you know? okay. So let's move forward. The book was called America Before. Is called America Before. It was the thing I showed earlier, but in reverse. That thing. So this came out just December 2020, I think. And it's hefty. I did the audio version. He reads it. And his voice is very... The listener will remember that in Fingerprints of the Gods, which I won't repeat here, will like, he's, he's into it. <laughs> so He reads um, his own fiction, but he does not read his own nonfiction, just for the record. Really? Yeah. So he considers Fingerprints of the Gods fiction? Fiction? Yeah, because he's, he's you know he does put in you know again a little bit of imagination, but it's basically around this map does exist. It does have this landmass oh, above I water. It's a, a lot of it is very factual. I mean, it's just you know he, he now now some of the some of the you know things that he draws from it may or may not be true, but they kind of make sense based on the fact. But you know the difference between when he's saying and this could mean this and this could mean that. You know he gets into some pretty wild shit that I don't necessarily go so far as, but it's still kind of cool to think about and to talk about. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, pardon me, microphone. I was just chomping. Well, there's some good shit here, so it's kind of hard not to. Look crackers. at that big-ass chunk of salmon. Oh, my God. It's so good, isn't it? It's mm. like smoked salmon with some pepper on it, mm-hmm. cracked pepper on it or something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. 
what a terrible thing. I'm very sorry. Then she's got some um, nice bread here with some uh, what they call Italian butter, which is olive oil. which is olive oil yeah. and some uh, like seasonings and stuff like yeah. that. I, I remember being at I want to say a uh, you know a chain Italian restaurant or something. I forgot what it was now, and they and that was called Italian butter. Oh, interesting. Gosh, don't we just learn on this show, huh? <laughs> don't we? We have fun and we learn. And there's puppies. And, and this there's... is Sherman, by the way. This was Sherman. The, the dog from. Oh the my floor. God, they're both there now. I can't even. It's crazy. Okay, so America before it came out, I think December 2020. Um, in this one, what he's trying, his main, I think, focus is like it is worth considering. His hypothesis, I think is and you can tell me if you agree with this or not uh it's worth considering that america as we know it north america south america had advanced civilizations at least twenty thousand years before we thought they did and there was a cataclysmic event that wiped out a lot of the human population and it was almost like civilization had to start totally over hunter-gatherer style the meek shall inherit the earth and so very few of the very little of the evidence can be seen but it is there it's there in mound building that matches constellations it's there in like soil strata that suddenly changes it's there in like a mastodon whose leg was broken and then no other remnants of any other population ever from that scene that demonstrates that people were i mean not advanced and, and he makes that clear not advanced but humans likely here meaning you know north america like over a hundred thousand years ago yeah and so um so let's get into it so why do you think because this is something i kept thinking about it's it's been a pandemic the last year and a half now we're in it it seems so strange but the truth is is nobody thought it would last this long and everybody's having to make major life adjustments so at some points listening to this book I was like this is so esoteric like he seems surprised like why don't people care more about this and I'm like because people are surviving dude like this is a very extra thing to think about (laughs) you know people are like do I have a fucking job I don't want to go to jail he means people who are supposed to take new information and consider it and possibly change perspective right why are people sticking with what they've you know internalized over the years but my my I think this is a phenomenon I find it very interesting that this book about like ancient civilizations is so wildly popular in pop culture I think that's fascinating and so I'm wondering like why what is it that's hooking people in and going like oh my god I totally care because I do for me well go ahead tell me what you think well I just think that there's that there is enough there that it's this is more than um, an easily debunked uh, we've never been to the moon or the earth is flat or it's 6,000 yeah. years old or you know or something like that or, yeah uh, there are some like real substantial things there and they've consistently been discovered even since it already since he since fingerprints of the gods uh, more more information supporting the you know this basic concept has has been uncovered and uh, but I, my, I, I think because it's really interesting because there's some really real stuff to look at but what I mean is 
that's neat. Why do you think it... I guess... What difference does it make? You know what I mean? It was 100,000 years ago. So that's what I'm curious about is what is it that makes people go, God, I need to understand this. Is it because we we want to... I think one of the things he hints at in the book, I don't know if he ever like goes all into it, but kind of so many people in our last hundred years okay. culture. Okay. Well, I mean, I've, so okay. in, in one way, like, and it's, it's you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're doing what he does and using our imagination, uh, you know, on this all over the place. Mm-hmm. But the advanced law of civilization um, or several or however, whatever's played out over time, um, you can imagine you're starting from a certain point mm-hmm. and things could go in many different directions. Did they go in a direction? Like they totally could have done all types of stuff. But they yeah. went in a direction where they purposely didn't want to use fossil fuels, where they knew not to like make a bunch of oh, yeah. uh, things that would pollute stuff, where they just wanted to be more attached, you know, to nature and yeah. or feel more like a part of nature and work with it, and but and still they, be very yeah. advanced and be attached to the stars, be attached to the heavens, yeah. yeah. That's and, and, what I like about But still be able to it. do great. I mean, look. I mean, look at the. If so, look at the pyramids. Like so, the the, yeah. the people attributed for making them made them years after and they weren't as good so right. they, they supposedly i guess lost the ability to do it yeah over time yeah so so i'm gonna t- uh, for the reader for the listener which is the way graham hancock says it but such an interesting man i just want to know what his backstory is okay so some things you might want to look up and if I can figure out how to put links on the video or whatever, I will. Serpent Mound in Ohio. Uh, look up Clovis and Clovis First. Look up Watson Brake. Um, and look up Female Brain Slashing Goddess. <laughs> so that one's really cool. They're all very cool. First of all, can we talk about them? Or you yeah, no, no, no. I want, but but the thing is, is here's what I'll tell you. I um was wasn't able to find a paper copy of this book in time to like read it. So I immediately got it on Hoopla. So if you belong to a library, you can probably get it on Hoopla. It was 17 hours, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a whopper, and a lot hours, of it is several minutes. Yeah, and a lot of it is him saying like. That could have only occurred between 16,800 years ago and 15,300 years ago. And I'm just like, well, wow, okay. A lot of the time I, frames match up to, you know, to when this cataclysmic event right. likely went down. That right. keeps on reinforcing But that. I'm thinking, yeah. like, there's technology out there, I guess, <laughs> that knows how to differentiate between 16,300 years ago and 16,800 yes, yeah, years ago. And is. I can't even wrap my head around that. I'm just like, I don't know how fax machines work. You know what I mean? Like I... It is I, really cool stuff and you brought up like some of those Rogue, Joe Rogan uh, interviews mm-hmm. and stuff. Where there's Those are really good too and very informative. There's some of those... If you Google Joe Rogan, Graham Hancock, you'll see all these discussions. They'll say things like, Graham Hancock explains this lost city of Atlantis. And you're like, that's what he's talking about for real. Like, he's talking about that exact thing. He's not messing around. So carry on. Yeah, so, I mean... Any just, of these things you want to talk about? Serpent Mound, yeah. Clovis, Clovis first. Yeah, um, so, uh, first of all, the last one you said about the, the bashing of brains, and that's, that's uh, he, 
he does go off for a while on different implications uh, of that one. And I know Zeta's really scary. Not being able to, uh, <laughs> not being able to participate in all the things that uh, uh, somebody normally could before they get their brains bashed in. But the key is that that uh, um, culture, spirituality, religion that was that was drawn from the. You know the natives, the North American finds the 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 earth sculptures or or earth formations or whatever the exact you know term is. You say there was many more of them before too, and now a lot of them are just gone. But um, they were recorded and acknowledged. Uh, a lot of the elements, uh, walking, checking out the Milky Way, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, the ba- the brain basher. And, so there was and, the, in so, in chapter twenty three. The portal and the path. He casually mentions this female goddess that like slashes well, it's, it's, your it's brain. It's intense, but the but the point is like yeah. It, so these all these elements also exist in like this ancient Egyptian culture, spirituality, yeah. religion, and stuff like that. So the point being, you know, the the there must have been a uh, a subsource, you know, for for all of it, or or one was the original source. You know, and yeah. that that's extremely that comes it's extremely interesting. It's the, fascinating. So the 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 Clovis stuff was um, the uh, the contemporary kind of uh, belief or the thing that he's frustrated about is what's yeah. com- what's commonly believed to be the first time people came over to the Americas was through Beringia when when the Bering the land, Straits was Bering a land Straits, bridge. Land bridge, right? Yeah, and they, you know, eventually were able to get through, lived on it for a long time, or eventually able to get through and came in about 13,000 years ago. So basically, you know, right after the cataclysmic event is, you know, would stick with his theory and his time, in his time frame, or his, his hypothesis in his time frame. And, uh, but as we learn in the book, there's, there's evidence of people being here 130,000 years ago with how the Macedon was treated how the bone how the marrow was taken out of the bone and how it was put upright and and all these other things and then um there were and we just discussed some of those mounds and stuff like that 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 also points to some of that but the clovis thing was there it was a uh town near an archaeological dig dig clovis that's why it got it got the name i guess and i think it was in new mexico or something like that but they were supposed to dig so far down and, can I can uh, I say this? I just found something that might be really helpful. It's sort of like a study guide, and it breaks the book down. So it says, at a site near a town called Clovis in New Mexico, re- researchers found beautiful and distinctive properties, clearly human-made. They were found next to and in creatures like saber-toothed cats that had been extinct for over 12,000 years. Here was proof that humans had been present in North America for at least the length of time. So that did work, but I don't think it was any better necessarily than uh, what I was, what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I probably failed everyone, and I thank you for publicly so acknowledging. So the, the dig it. was supposed to only go so far down, in which uh-huh. all the stuff that was concurrent with the thirteen thousand year thing would have yeah. been there. But they went down further and discovered the things that she just described, and uh, people don't want to do. There's all types of stuff like this all over the country that you know points to this but it hasn't been like necessarily totally accepted across the board yet and that's some of the frustration of yeah one of his frustrations is if if a set of scientific beliefs this is something i do appreciate because he's basically saying like if you go to a site believing nothing here is more than twelve thousand years old then what you're doing is not letting your mind see anything but that being true so because 
he's going in just going, what if that's not true? Let's just see what's here. And that makes people uncomfortable. That's part of the scientific method is just mm-hmm. being open to whatever information comes yeah. in and then allowing it to shift what's going on. Of course, we see a microcosm of this in the uh, cannabis world in many ways. People have internalized certain concepts about cannabis, and even though we kind of don't have any real reason to believe those things, they, they persist anyway as a common belief. I need to share something with you guys. Um, the first time I went on Jazz Cabbage Cafe, which is all things cannabis every Tuesday, and we used to do it at CRB, <clears throat> Jamie would bring that puppy. And the first time I went on there, I was so freaked out by the cuteness of this puppy that I could barely do the show. I couldn't focus on anything we were talking about. I was like, do you guys not see this dog standing in the middle of the table? But you guys were used to her. And I could barely even stand it. Okay. And she's still so cute. And then, then it's crazy. The serpent mound is one of the earthworks or whatever the, the term is that utilize mm-hmm. a point mm-hmm. that was, you know, at a perfect direction, in this case, south. And all these things, these, these pyramids, these megalithic stru- structures, these, these hedges, they always are lined up perfectly, like astronomically in some, for in the, some way. You for know. like the solstice. Yeah, so like if you go to yeah, yeah, this yeah. place in Ohio, which is where the Serpent Mound Serpent is, Mount. on this summer, June 21st, the the sun will line up like perfectly with something or other. There's a, so I almost kind of want to do it this year. Maybe we should, maybe too, we should plan like a field trip. the mouth trip. of the serpent or something? Yeah, and go there and check this thing out. You yeah. Know, and go down there with Derek and some drones and shit like that and yes, uh, get some good yes. footage of it. And, yes, that sounds fine. <laughs> Um, I don't know what some of those. Invading at all? Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure a bunch of other people are there Um, doing the exact same thing. You know what? It's just a. Don't worry about us. We're just a cloudy car coming down here on the solstice with a bunch of drones (laughs) and some puppies. You know, that's all we're doing. There's nothing to see here. (laughs) We've just got a bunch of recording equipment. We're not expecting to find a place to park because I'm sure everybody else is doing that too. (laughs) Down there, and everybody's like, "These are my people." You know hey, about Serpent Mound. Graham's made it pretty popular. Popular, I'm so, sure. Um, I'm sure. So, I mean, there will be a lot of people there. I'm sure on, on June 21st. Checking um, it out. So, so just because this is such a meaty book, I'm just going to shoot ahead for a minute. Sure. Um, America before number two. This is a study guide that I found, by the way. A lone mastodon from 130,000 years ago shatters the academic consensus on the earliest peopling He's of America. He's a little America. dramatic, but... Shatters. Yeah. I mean, it is like, what? Bam! No! I have a joke about a mastodon, too. <laughs> but what's true okay. is that it was it was published. Um, all of the, the criticisms were not very weighty. You know, they easily kind of overcame some of the the concerns or the or the alternatives you know that were presented and and things like that and it was published in a very uh legitimate i forgot the journal but uh i'm trying to find it but uh it, it's a you know it's accepted by many it's it's been reviewed and um there were things yeah. like well maybe the maybe the machinery hit it and it did it cracked it in a certain way and did that or this mm-hmm. but they but they tested it against other fossilized bones versus bones that are not fossilized like out of an elephant or something like that and 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 uh, determine how they structurally break when they're in those different conditions and you know so obviously when it's fossilized it's completely changed so 
doesn't break the same, and they determine that. Okay, I think I'm going to try to explain why I think this is fascinating for some, like people who are just open, who are like, I can accept a weird idea without losing my mind, you know, let's let's hear it, you know, and terrifying and angering to others. Here's why I think it is, is because you have a set of beliefs. Um, it's kind of the microcosm of his book or whatever, but you think this is how long time is, this is how we got here, and you're walking around day to day, you know, paying your taxes and getting your tire fixed, <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> wondering what bit of your foot or whatever, and it's too big of an idea to think about hundreds of thousands of years of civilization. It's hard. Right? So mm-hmm. for some people, they can just go, wow. Time and space are so incredibly it's ridiculous. That, it's yeah, too big. Yeah. What are you going to do at like, a certain point? You can't conceive of it, Yeah, you can't it, right? think of it too much or you'll lose your shit, right? So I, and if you can, think about it and not just be like, wow, that's amazing and wonderful. It's amazing and wonderful to think of a civilization way, 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 way before us. Sometimes I like to look, like watch sci-fi fantasy type movies and just pretend like it's a history movie. You know, because it may as well, like, sure, that existed. Sure, you know, there people could a, fly, and those people were reptiles. Of, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you know, was myths and religions and things like that, yeah. and the stories, and there are, you know, they're based on either historical things or, you know, or important, oh, like, yeah. lessons or, you know, things like that or whatever. So seems yeah. to be true in some ways, too. Oh, my God, this is one of my favorite things in the book. So um, he talks a lot about the Amazon, and all the different languages in the Amazon, and how we've always kind of seen this like, oh, these are sort of primitive people. But then there's ayahuasca, where people learn an entire like download of a concept through drinking a plant, right? So, yep, two things mixed together, yeah, which makes the brew, the ayahuasca, yes, yeah. Yes, so it's called it's the, the vine of the dead or the vine of the visions or something like that, but ayahuasca. Uh, see, um, the Fellowship of the River <laughs> episode, because that's that whole episode is about that. Fellowship of the River is the book about ayahuasca ceremonies. But anyway, what he, the way he's looking at it is, he, he he gives so much information about why that was probably one of the most advanced civilizations, and how that information being transferred to these populations through like this magic vine mm-hmm. is a is evidence that it's coming from somewhere. So in Magicians of the Gods, which is the, the book in between these, he, he does point out, and, and maybe even a little bit in Fingerprints of the Gods, that in a lot of these symbolism all over the world, in these megalithic structures where there are yeah. the, the, the things, there is a, there's like a dude who's carrying a bag. There's like a bag. And, uh, you know, of course, given Grant's imagination, he's like, you know, they're spreading the uh, Hawaska and other, you know, shit all over, the, you know, Enlightenment type materials, right? You know the the, te- the technology transfer stuff. Oh, I love you know? that idea. That's yeah. groovy. <laughs> but there, but what is true? I mean, that's a you know speculation on what the, what they're doing. Hey, you yeah, know, re- sounds cool to me to talk about. Fun to talk about as we discussed. But yeah, uh, what is true for sure is that those things are uh, represented all over the world. And, and yeah, those, that's and that's pretty wild. You know. Oh, yeah. And this this advanced law civilization, you know, was able was all over the world, was able to sail the seas and move around and mm-hmm. apparently, anyway, do what they needed to do, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. And of course there's genetic as you're going about ready the next step from this conversation that you're bringing up right now, there's genetic yeah. markers in the 
in the Amazon. Well, I wanted to talk about Terra Preta because Terra Preta is um, the presence of a man-made soil with unusually fertile properties. Terra Preta, or black earth, is found throughout the Amazon. It's been described as the most fertile soil in the world. And immediately when I read that, I was like, oh, like, we need to grow weed in that. Well, it's actually like a thing that when you add it to any kind of soil, because the, the actual soil in the in the rainforest is not very good or very fertile. Mm-hmm. And so how are people sustaining themselves or having agriculture or growing stuff? Um, it's because of this stuff. And it has like microbes in it that are not from the area. You know, it's not fully explained what the deal is with it. There's biochar involved mm-hmm. and some other things. And uh, so... Oh, and it gets rid of... Okay. It's a complex collection of animal and bodily waste... Along with fish, bones, fish bones and other household waste yeah. that must be burned in a specific and unusual Biochar, way burned. with wet vegetation. Wow. And it that's how you that's how they overcame that issue. But and there's shit lying around. It's eight I shouldn't say lying around casually, but it's like it's like eight thousand years old and people still draw from it and, and like you know, fertilize shit, man. It's you know it's it yeah. is it's really amazing and it's interesting and you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did we talk enough about Clovis first and why that was controversial to him? Because he talked about that a lot. What does well, that mean? Well, like well to him, to him, it was really significant because it was one of the things that was straightforward evidence now of something that was contrary to what had been the accepted belief, the accepted conclusion for a long time. And as we're discussing. Even though you're supposed to take in new information and accept it and change perspective as a result, maybe even make new conclusions and all that kind of stuff, uh, some people would rather just stick with what they know. And in fact, um, in academia, as it's discussed in these these discussions uh, about this, like on Joe Rogan and and, uh, Graham Hancock otherwise, uh, they discuss some professionals not wanting to even go there because their careers can get ruined if they decide to focus in on some of these issues and write about them and and stuff like that. So it's a bizarre phenomenon. It it's seems probably so dramatic. Humanity involved here, humanity getting in the way of logic and science, you know, in some regard. And again, we see it in many different things. So it's just kind of like one of the things we have to wade through as people, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So... um he spends a lot of time focusing on like earth mounds and and things that are found around the world that are in a specific shape and either look the same as things in another part of the world yeah. or and, are and the, so... and the serpent thing was a was a big thing big yeah. symbol throughout a lot of the stuff too yeah. you should mention that when we talk about serpent mound and stuff but, yeah. yeah and then um there's a couple of sites in Louisiana there's sites in Ohio and South Mississippi. Carolina yeah. Mississippi so the the unexplained similarities between Amazonian structures and the geometric earthworks found in Mississippi Valley. So a fun new word for everyone is geoglyphs. Geoglyphs. Earthworks. I'm not sure if that's yes. what I was saying before, but that's, yeah. a, that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah, so seen from the sky, the geoglyph earthworks form perfect circles, rectangles, and other shapes and connect with each other th- via straight roads, usually on a clear northwest to southwest orientation. Originally thought to be 750 years old, the geoglyphs were dated at 2,000 years old in a 2012 study. So, um, and then you go, so in Mississippi and in the Amazon. So, uh, 
What what what's up with that? <laughs> what's up with that situation? That seems unusual. Worth note, you know, because like if you think about if you think about a developer and it, like you know when you see a Walmart, it's a Walmart, right? <laughs> You're like this the Walmart guy designed that Walmart or Long John Silver's or whatever. You wouldn't just accidentally, if you've never been somewhere before, go from Kansas to Dubai and expect to see yeah, the same so, kind of shop well, so unless some of the something thought, was like, up. Early on was like, was like, hey, maybe people are just uh, inclined to want to make pyramids. You know, maybe that's why they're in different places around the world, just the way that we think or something. Right. We eventually just do that. But, you know, through these other connections and like you're describing right now, like right. These, why are these things exactly the same? And after a while, it has to be like that's, you know, that might be too much coincidence across the board to not have some kind of like connection, some kind of like central source that, or, you know, single source that this came from. Yeah. You know, what I like the thought of is, I don't remember how late in the book he starts talking about um, telepathy. I think it's one of the final, it's pretty late yeah. in the book. Like he builds and builds and builds and builds and it's like, <laughs> how did all of this happen? And then he starts introducing things like telepathy. But when you think about it, if you think about what if the whole world knew each other, but there wasn't any technology. We just knew it by like the way we moved around and the way we communicated. So that's a really groovy thing. He does theorize that we have like, we used to have like these or potentially had like other abilities, but but got away from them yeah. and you know kind of lost it and all that kind of stuff. I don't I don't go down that road with Graham as right. much when he really gets into that, but part of that he's trying to describe how these people were able to like move these huge blocks around and stuff like that and and um so I kind of get it. It's and it, and it is still fun to talk about. It's cool to talk about, you know. But uh, I don't I can't I can't go there like a telekinesis type thing. Hey, you know, if it gets proven I'll I'll accept it though. Right, you know, I'll, but but I'll, I'll take yeah, my own advice. And, I'm very and, open and, to so, that. I'm very yeah. open to that. I've been like about to call someone I haven't talked to in three years, and I look down and they're calling me. And you're like, "We're connected somehow." We're that shit happens all the time, and I and I, and I just go, "Okay, hey, just coincidence." But I but I don't you know like. But I, think about like think about that. That somehow is communicated across time. Anyway, um, listen to this. This is um, a Native American. What? What? <laughs> I, said, I said that was so deep. I dropped my cucumber. <laughs> oh my god! Like a dog. I'm gonna have to get this let a dog get This is vegetable dropping <laughs> material right here. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to have to get a dog to wake up first? <laughs> yeah. Uh, two of the day. cutest yeah. dogs in the world are sitting right here on Jamie's lap, and he's got food all around him. He's like living the life of a king. This is awesome. Yeah, I need more cannabis. Could you please? Could, missing, you, really, you could you please get Jamie a cape? <laughs> I think I'm gonna like. You want to roll, roll up a joint up? with some hash in it, and oh, just, yeah. just really do it up. Here. Do it up. Wait, maybe get it. Maybe can you bring that little green tray? You know, one thing. Can I th yeah. th throw one thing to talk? If we, if we, yes, please. If not now, no, at let's some do point, it. the the Plato story also fits in really well with with all the hypothesis and so forth. Are you, from, are you familiar with that? Is it in this book? It has to do with Atlantis uh, and the writings of of Plato, and there are specific dates and times involved. Oh. That uh, helped to support the the time range of the cataclysmic event, and okay. that there was an advanced civilization, and and all that kind of stuff. Okay, I don't remember that. Well, just oh, thank um, you very much. Is well, that just, enough room? 
Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, just very quickly, um, you know, Plato's the, the reason that we know about Atlantis is because mm-hmm. Plato wrote about it, and Plato got the information from information that had been handed when down. When did Plato write about it? Um, what is that? Three hundred, four hundred BC or something like? I don't really, yeah. I don't really know. Okay. Uh, Even that blows my mind. Like, oh, here, I'm reading this thing that somebody wrote. 4,000 years ago, you know, it's crazy. So, so hold on, so let's see when this, when Plato was around, just because now you. Yeah, I want to hear about this, because I'm getting ready hey, to get Hey, 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 yeah. you know, somehow a neuron clicked. I was just, I was right. Okay. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Jamie got a thought through. Everybody yeah. stop and let's honor it. <laughs> And so, so anyway, he, he had a he had an ancestor that came like even a couple of years before him, Solon, uh-huh. and uh-huh. Who, who visited people in Egypt and talked to people, and and he got the story, and it was passed down in the family and through others, and so Plato recorded it, and he said this is a true story or this is what's been passed down and that kind of stuff. I mean, some people like, according to Graham and others, you know, claim that it that it uh, was just you know uh, a fiction to, for a metaphor or whatever, you know. Uh, but he says that it was real, that you know that this is the story that's been passed down, and the time frame fits the the same time frame for the for the uh, um, assumed cat- you know cataclysmic event. Oh, right. So this advanced civilization in Atlantis uh, was taken out, you know, by this all this major flooding and catastrophe and all this kind of shit that happened after we got walloped, you know, probably with a you know, the meteor. And I guess the, some of the discussion is that the thing was like, you know, two kilometers wide. All right. So it doesn't take much to like cause a lot of damage and, uh, something like that. Absolutely catastrophic. You know, oh, yeah. so, so some of the stuff's still being like research and, you know, I mean, so we're just going to get too, I mean, too it's far. It's like but. reading this book at times is like a, it's it it's like the war of the worlds. Do you know what I mean? It's, he, he, he describes actually, cataclysmic things so amazingly. Like you're just living your life, and then all of a sudden, yeah, blam! Yeah. Like your entire and, civilization and a, is gone, yeah. and you start believing it. You're like, and he said the same thing would Shit, happen. That would. Suck. He said the same thing would happen. Like a couple of us would would survive, yeah. and then we'd seek out like the hunter and gatherers yeah. that that, yeah. that know how to. You know, survive no matter what because they're not yeah. used to like having a grocery store and shit. Like and that, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what the, when we when we talked about fingerprints of gods, we talked about the meek shall inherit the earth. Like, sure, yeah. they're scrapping along and there's disease and they're learning how to use simple tools and it starts all over again, all over again. Maybe that's it's happened fucking, a couple times, even too. Oh, I think it's happened several times. That's the amount of infinity that blows my mind. You know, just like. A society grow because do you ever listen to the dollop? No. Oh my god, it's a podcast you would really love. There's so many, and the there's so many really good ones. So there's so many really good ones. This one is one. long, long, long running. Two comedians talking about American history, and they just tell one guy is really into American history. He tells stories to another guy who has no idea what he's talking about, and the guy just like reacts because American history is so mm-hmm. fucked up. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and now, you do, realize. Do you need me to create you a joint here while I'm? Well, I'm sure. at it. Okay. Yeah, create me a joint. Um, but anyway, one of the things that I've realized is even just two or three hundred years ago, things were so crazy and different. Oh, I don't. 
I don't really. I, don't, I really appreciate it, but I don't really use those things, man. I'm sorry. Um, just like condoms. Joints are being rubbed. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear a great uh, joke that Paul wrote the other day? Paul, do you need a joint, by the way? That's not the Is question. That, that, yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's I feel like he didn't understand that, the question. Yeah. <laughs> he's implying that he's Paul. fine for the moment. <laughs> if this is one of those situations where I'm going to insult the sultan, <laughs> then I am absolutely not going to refuse. That's true. He's trying to joint. offer you a gift right here with his well, servants what, on right. his laps. I want if to... I need to belch afterwards, let me know ahead of okay. time. Yeah. I'm happily yeah. then. So no before I forget, okay, so there's this um, Egyptian books the dead, the soul ascending the ladder to reach Orion. Native American and Egyptian um, ideas of the afterlife and sort of the path of the dead is very similar if we accept the belief that they never met. It's like... That's very interesting. <laughs> Someone that you never met on the other side of the planet, as we assume they have. Well, they may not means... have ever met, but they had the, uh, you know, the same like source, space source that that all that stuff came from. Yeah, yeah. Some of the similarities are rather gruesome. An Egyptian scene shows a goddess opening a dead man's head with a hatchet. It's a grim scene, but one that might have been recognizable to Native Americans familiar with their tales of a frightening female creature called the Brain Smasher encountered on the journey to the afterlife. It's like, wow, what's up with that? <laughs> Why does she exist? People I... realize that every once in a while it's a good idea to, you know, smash a little brain. <laughs> Listen, now that you've lived your human life, you need to reckon with some things. <laughs> There's this woman who just wants... It's like a video game level. <laughs> like you have to get faster. You finish your human life, and then you have to get past the brain. But that's the kind of stuff that they describe, though. You do have to reconcile for your life. You, you do like go up to the, you know, into the Milky Way, which is kind yeah. of cool is that they point to a physical place where you go. And some of the shamans ayahuasca experiences are also flying up there yeah and checking it out you know again interesting shit yeah oh yeah oh i love it um 12,800 years ago a disintegrating giant comet bombarded the earth causing vast destruction so this seems just does it talk about is that the thing that that, that might even say how big they oh i'm sure believe it was i'm sure okay um Research by Wendy Walbach, a chemistry professor at DePaul University and a group of other scholars, published in a study in the Journal of Geology in 2018, argues that 9% of all plant matter in the world burned. An area of over 10 million square kilometers was aflame, equivalent to the whole of North America. Smoke enshrouded the globe. That's why the big animals just disappeared. Yeah. A thousand years of glacial weather, ice sheets destabilized by impact. Released volumes of water, rising sea levels up to four meters in a flood that would have destroyed everything in its path. So what's interesting is almost every, there's so many religions around the world that have like a catastrophe story. Like in the Bible, it's the flood and only the Noah's Ark and there's Gilgamesh. There's Gilgamesh. And And it's interesting because it's like, oh, these are the stories. We're still being taught the stories, but they seem so strange and so like packaged in the wrong way that it's i think it's because 
sometimes what fascinates me is if someone is really, really into the Bible and they're willing to believe Noah's Ark and they're willing to believe Jonah and the whale and they're willing to believe um, resurrection, they're willing to believe all these things, seven-day creation, but they're not willing to believe like anything like this, right? <laughs> they're just not willing to believe that that mastodon was more than 130,000 years old or whatever they're well, like that's crazy well you know? if you accept or like, there's plant medicine they're like right. you, you can't possibly like well people had visions in the bible but they could you know, have been on ayahuasca we don't you know a, if you if you accept a belief system already on faith which is right admitted to you know by those who are religious and then anything else other than that no matter what doesn't doesn't cut it right you, you just already, kind of you there, already made up your a, mind who i forgot who it was i want to say it was like richard dawkins or or lawrence krauss or somebody was describing a, 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 a somebody's colleague or something who was like a, a professional uh astrophysicist or something that recorded these you know major distances of of you know cosmic you know phenomena or something like that but you know when he when he punched out at five o'clock you know was was a young earther and and all that shit man so you can compartmentalize these things and religion can be compartmentalized and people think logically about some things and then let it go for others man again marijuana you know a lot of people who normally like really consider stuff add marijuana into the conversation they have a hard time thinking normally right. about it you know sometimes yeah. you know so totally totally and i think it's if you're, I think, I think it's easier to be open, open, open if you get some sort of like core, core, core stability. Like if there's something shaky at your core, then somebody really challenging your worldview will, it's un, very uncomfortable. <laughs> but if you can just be like, no, I'm solid enough in what I believe where I can hear other ideas, you know. So, um, so I tend to believe that too, like when the people are concerned about, um, you know, being insensitive to somebody's beliefs or, you know, hurting, you know, hurting somebody's sensibility over, you know, being mm -hmm. contrary to whatever that is, you would think that if the person who is religious or who has the belief system wouldn't uh, be bothered by that because their right. their confidence and connection to, to, to all of that is so strong, you know. Yeah. That it's not an issue. I agree. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um so one of the things that I like that he does is I think it's been a long time in my life, like probably, I can't remember when the last time I was at a natural history museum or looked at his social studies book and looked at the different Neolithic, Paleolithic, <laughs> you know, like this like early man, you know, and I... I used to think about that. Oh, there's some men squatting outside of a cave, and <laughs> then maybe a thousand years later, everybody had the plague. Hey, somebody figured then, some shit out. Uh, yeah, they, they had uh, shops now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> fires. Yeah. yeah, wheel. Uh, Two-story buildings <laughs> appear all of a sudden. I don't so, know. And and you uh, think about like, oh, that's been happening forever and ever and ever and right. ever and ever, and now we've got like the iPhone. So the reason why I like to look at fantasy and sci-fi is sort of like history is because if you watch Star Trek Next Generation, you know, they're like <laughs> punching around on a thing. Computer, find me this. And I'm like, oh, that's an iPad. 
You know what I mean? That dude had an iPad. The communicator. He was just like, dude, just <laughs> it's a like shitty this. phone. Doesn't even have video. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And like I'm like, the, oh. like in the original series, uh, like those early communicators. When you said that, I right. just flashed back. Like that's just like a really that's just a crappy Nextel from yeah. back in the day. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Push the button. Ding, ding. Your really. yeah. Walkie talkie. Yeah. Digital we're walkie talkie. That technology. So far now. past that. Right. Yeah. We're past that communication, but we're not like flying through space but you know but, so what um, so what that reminded me of though real quick is like the, yeah the reflection of our progress just over the last couple hundred years is pretty simple to knock down it you know took a while to get a couple of inventions and then maybe a while before something else clicked but now the dominoes have been falling and and, and you just go back a few hundred years and it's amazing you know from figuring out longitude and latitude to you know flying shit up to the Mars and checking it out and stuff like, you know, so people on the moon, whatever, if you believe that. But uh, there's this whole gaps of time, a couple of times in the human history where, like, supposedly we just, like, you know, just stayed the same for tens of thousands of years without any, <laughs> you know, movement, you know. It was so boring! Yeah. <laughs> hey, why fucking change? We got a cave, we got some fire... You know, you know what? <laughs> what the fuck I else do you need? Heat is plentiful. What is the problem, Bork? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? Look at this round thing. It just rolls right along. They're like, what the fuck are you saying rolls? <laughs> I'm on his wheel and I'm out. Watch this. He's doing like a spine roll. <laughs> He's like, this is the shit? That was like his iPhone. <laughs> it's like stone. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pause the recording and pause the Zoom recording so I can go to the bathroom and we can charge this up a little bit and then we'll be right back. Break. We're rolling. Okay. It's recording. Good, good. Then we're back. Then we're back. Hey, can you come this way a little bit so we can see you? Okay. Paul Gordon has joined us, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to... Like me. Okay. <laughs> That'll be really difficult. Yeah. I'm gonna, you'll see my acting chops tonight, folks. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. Um, here's another big key idea. Wait, did you guys want to get back to what you were talking about? Just, we can get to it. Keep going. Um, the best explanation for the mysteries of the past is the existence of a now lost civilization. So one of the things that he talks about is the only credible explanation is a single lost source civilization wiped out in the disaster of the younger Dryas, but whose flame lived on through knowledge transmitted and used by later civilizations. So tell me about That's what we're the saying. W- younger Dryas. Like, tell me what that means. D R Y A S. So there's a there's a slow warming up period from the ice age, and there's a few of these interruptions that took place. And the younger Dryas is one of them, and is significant in the, what I understand, the time frame of the cataclysmic events. So, uh, like a lot of these incidents and and uh, things that take place can be extrapolated back to right around that time. Like there were these things, and then there weren't, and it's all right at you know right then. Yeah. You know, so I, I, that's not the that's not a great explanation of it. That's my that's well, my. Honestly, I yeah. mean, isn't there were these things and then there weren't pretty good explanation of all the things. So we and then you, and then there's evidence of it too. Scientific evidence yeah. of and most people who don't 
want to like cling to science they'd rather cling to faith or like well that we don't need that information kind or, of or clinging to science but not wanting to move off of what's been internalized which is a, right. to me just a diversion yeah uh into a different kind of a similar faith. similar thing but yes, the same way right. yeah, i got you sure right. it is yeah you're right i i, I got you yeah, man. So uh, there's there, devotion on, to an ideal. On some I of suppose. these, on some of these uh, Rogan shows we were talking about, there's, uh, there's another guy named Russell Carlson who who was on there. Has done a lot of geological research and he's taken it upon himself to check a bunch of shit out. And the way that he describes what he sees across North America and these different huge stones that are at places where they were not originally from, right. and how they must have been moved like in in icebergs and shit to get to where you know where they are and this. Like all these things, these physical things, these time frame things, these illusions, these you know, in the soil. I mean, they talk about like how I can't even think of all the different elements, but all these things that aren't normally there, but they happen because of the impact, because of the you know the the the, the unique power that happened when we got slammed, you know, by the meteor or, or whatever. And there's like little glass and, and right. melt glass and these other things. I can't even name them all off. And you it's know, it's like but, but. we all re- we all love apocalypse and zombie type dramas the world's ended now people are roaming the earth right and we love those kind of movies and stories but uh, they deep in the past the text say a catastrophe hit the earth a flood destroyed the land its places of worship and killed all but a few of its godly inhabitants those lonely survivors we are told set sail to roam the earth with a single purpose the resurrection and recreation of a destroyed world settling among hunter-gatherer populations these gods as the author suggests advanced men kept alive the hope that the flame of their civilization could burn again and it's interesting because we all love those movies about the survive like in a huge what it, I'm thinking of like is one called 28 days later there's a lot of catastrophe movies frankly is it really? Mad Hollywood Max. makes catastrophe movies? It's the first I've heard of it. I just saw Geostorm the other up. day. <laughs> it was in- so incredibly formulaic, I almost couldn't believe it. Honestly, you're almost, you're almost picking, up, picking out the bad guy. Is it new or old? Uh, 2019 maybe or oh, something that's like that. Insane. Gerard Butler. Who does who does Gerard a good Gerard Butler is in a formulaic movie? Well, he does a good job in you know All of this is blowing my mind. Not uh, not putting him down or anybody else's no, other no, stars fair, in it too. Fair. But it was like it was a pretty simple one to kinda like <laughs> It's like were they really that obvious about it? I guess yeah. who cares now? They're just like who gives yeah. a shit now? You guys no, honestly they everybody's get so star for, for content. <laughs> they get, they get they get to get the first cast meeting and everything, they're like, guys, we're not gonna lie. Everybody's already seen this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We we probably Gerard, don't even need to give you a script. You Gerard, know what happens. We're pretty sure you've been in this movie three different times, <laughs> yeah. uh, which you is why we you chose you. We feel like you'll know exactly what we're doing. Yeah. You'll be able to read the director's mind. He won't have to give you direction. It's going to be some wacky one-liners, some comic relief, but mainly a lot of drama, a lot of running across a rooftop. You've seen it. Might <laughs> have to kick a couple asses. Gerard looks up do- from day trading. He's like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." <laughs> Oh, Gerard, I don't know enough about you, but I bet you're awesome. Um, okay, so He is a pretty um, cool dude, from what I understand. Oh, nice, okay, awesome. Yeah. I'm just um, riffing on Hollywood celebrities, personally. Oh, right? yes, There's not yes. a good... Mr. Butler, I sincerely apologize. <laughs> Never met him, a couple friends who have. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, well, you got a better connection think, than think I have. I think he's awesome. Okay. He's darling. He's darling. Um, okay. Uh, I, I don't know if I can read all these words right now. 
That's really. <laughs> There's a bunch of words that I'm not sure if like all Pizzigano of them like coming at me at once is going to really something on the way through. DNA. I'm just so like, so the I DNA thing. That's like there's not supposed to be you know um, certain you know genetic markers there, or that we didn't think that they would be there. Well, this you know. fascinates me for for the first time when you brought it up a little while back. Yeah, uh, I, I was like, ah, oh, okay, interesting. And then you you. The meteor was brought up, and you mentioned again, like over two kilometers yeah. wide they, yeah. is, the, is the presumption. And the debris, I don't think humans can get their head around the debris that comes from something two and a half Oh, which is why there was a thousand years of issues that took place thereafter. It why spurt, is there nothing? Because so there was basically nothing. Yeah, there was no you sun know, coming through for quite a long time. So anyone that yeah. survived clearly went underground. Generations. And there was an ice age and all types of shit. Not great conditions. Generations of just no. survivors. And, generation, yeah. and then a slightly larger generation of survivors. And anything's and gone, by the way. But the survivors. debris field is what I'm getting at. So DNA, think about it, because people are just vaporized. Uh, Beings are just vaporized and thrown into the air for literally hundreds and thousands of miles. Oh, my God. The the speed at which that thing was going, the size of it. Oh, man, there's some descriptions of it that it's, again, hard to under-comprehend. They cannot even comprehend. You take a bullet and you, like, times that by, like, some ridiculous number and that's how fast the fucking thing was coming in. And a lot of people stop at bullet. They can't get past bullet. It's faster than a speeding bullet. It's not a Second Amendment joke. I'm just saying. It's faster than Superman, theoretically. (laughs) You mean faster than Superman? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Faster and bigger than Superman. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So, like, the idea that those pieces ended up in places where they shouldn't be is au naturel, as our French friends would say better than me, in that scenario. (laughs) There could be giant pieces of rock that landed thousands of miles away and were then later mined and moved a short distance. It's. You have to open your mind yeah. to so many things. And they are all over North America. And exactly. he also well, he things... also was picking out these shapes, I'm sorry, of like ripples yeah. and 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 you know, leftover uh, 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 evidence of like flooding and stuff, but on a scale that's much larger than we ever normally look at it. So he was demonstrating some like here's what happens like on a small scale and showing these formations and all this kind of stuff. And then showing some formations like in you know in Canada and some other places in Northern America, Northern U.S. Uh, that are like that, but on this much huger like presentation, you know. So yeah, and I, I'm not even it's not conclusive, my, but there's all these things that keep on adding up to this, man. I'm not even know? saying that's my favorite made-up myself theory about it. I'm just saying yeah. that like you have to open your mind to so many things that are seemingly impossible yeah because we are doing things that are we are less than a hundred years from thinking we're completely impossible right, right now yeah. and oh yeah so you extrapolate that over the timeline which again blows my mind i when i went to college i took a typewriter <laughs> word i took a typewriter word typing was like a thing that you I was it an electric it was electric. If your school had typing and then transferred into computers pre-1984, oh, yeah. you lived crazy. in a wealthy community. I know. And that's I was what in that like, is. I was in like an advanced, like 
child. I had a computer child, class in '82. Like gifted and that's how wealthy my community was. I yeah, guess. exactly. I, I, I think my first computer <laughs> class was seventh uh, or eighth grade. Oh my gosh! So that would have been uh, for me. Your school was rich. <laughs> I lived well. Here's the thing: that would have been, uh, believe it or not, Howell Schools. Mm. So what do you got up there? Bunch of rich white people. I went to first and second grade in Howell, and then a bunch of like blue. Really? Yeah, it was Isn't like right? it, was, it was called like East or something. It was like an elementary school. It was called... Southeast. Something, yeah. Okay. Southeast there Elementary. Go, Southeast. I know it was a did direction. Did you go to Southeast Elementary? I did not. I was oh. older than that when we moved there, but both of my younger brothers went there. Oh, oh my cool. gosh. How about that? Yeah, very cool. I claim no know? allegiance to Howard. What Michigan. do you know? <laughs> yeah. no. I moved out when I was in second grade, or right after the second grade. It was the smartest thing you ever did. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm out of here. Listen, Mom, I've been walking around this place. <laughs> fucking sucks. Yeah. Can we move? You know the KKK and shit. Man. Uh, yeah, it's I I don't I don't want to get us too distracted, but I have so many stories. It's a ridiculous okay. place. Okay. If you live in Howell and you're super cool, yeah, we this love you. you. Super cool. Um, okay. keep, keep procreating and weeding the rest of them. Out. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Oh my God, there's olives. That's exactly what I needed. The lost civilization was seafaring and enjoyed other advanced technology. So, one of the things I love thinking about, well, it's really just that whole idea of, of fantasy and sci-fi just being history. You're like, oh, this is just someone's story that we think is not real, but it is. We're just looking at the past, or we're looking at the future. We're looking at an alternate universe, you know? Ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Fun way to go back and watch things like... Uh, the dark crystal and <laughs> be like this is just history <laughs> this is a whole civilization oh I love that idea uh, my um, idea is that if you've seen it in a movie you're not far from either it being either real or kind of especially when it comes to weaponry and things like that like if it can be technology. reasonably imagined yeah, yeah. it's because it's, it's kind of already happening somewhere sure. or the and elements are there says, or whatever you know. yeah it, like an artist it, like I've got I've got songwriter friends who say this and maybe this happened to either of you before have you ever just downloaded a song like you sit down and the whole song comes oh as far as songwriting goes yeah, yeah I have had those experiences yeah. yes where all of a sudden you're just like I'm literally riding a bus yeah or whatever and then oh shit a song and I have to put it down or it's gone yeah and, the, and I feel like those, if you can believe in that, people understand, oh, I got that whole idea to do that thing <laughs> at once. Yep. It's like, well, it's not too far of a leap to think that there's a larger capacity for that, like to mind meld. That's, a, that's a good um, analogy, too. I like that. Because there's so many, there's, I don't, I don't, I'm not a songwriter. I play a little bit for fun, but... Are like you I, kidding me? But uh, like, there are layers to stuff, you, you know. So you compartmentalize a bunch of things, like in a song. There's a bunch of shit going on in that one song. You know, yeah. it's just a lot of information in, in in one tidy package, you know. Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, it, the most common thing that happens is a lyrical download and a melody, and it's so suddenly it's in my head, and I'm. Maybe it's triggered by a thought. Maybe it even, maybe it isn't sometimes, you know, maybe I'm thinking about a memory or an old relationship and then something just goes, whoop, here it is. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm not sure how or what the real impetus is or if it's just like a thing that happens to, you know, a certain type of creative person. That's how, like, I have, maybe you keep using the word, maybe I have compartmentalized all of my thoughts and feelings about those things for so long. Finally, they're just like, here's the printout. If something meaningful it. came together or yeah, like yeah, yeah. manifested yeah. somehow, and you're I'm like, okay, I can express this now. Energy, yeah. too, in yeah. some sort of way, because like, I'm woo-woo like that. I like the idea of like when people say they get a download or they do ayahuasca and they see visions and they understand a whole like 30 years of therapy type experience. Um, if you go to the afterlife and there's like a choice... Like, can can you have that job where you go back and deliver the science messages and <laughs> like you go deliver things to the past? I want that job. I mean, if that's what working towards heaven is, I mean, okay, maybe I'm on board. That if I don't cool. have to believe in all that other stuff about it, like <laughs> if, if if it's next, if like you're like leveling up and you get to choose your profession next time, I'd be yeah, so okay. So if the, if the, the consciousness things... floats back out in the universe or whatever after death, or by way of like removing the filters because of ayahuasca or DMT yeah. or something or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, and that turns out to be the real experience. I think that'd be, I, I, I'm down with that. I just don't yeah. think about that in terms of like actually being the case. Like I'm fine with like all the cool shit that we are very aware of and know, I guess, kind of for sure uh-huh. as being pretty, pretty awesome on a magnitude that is, you know, Akin to miraculous, I guess. I mean, we yeah. say we exist here. Very high yeah. on the yeah. dope level scale. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, oh, I just get so distracted by the puppies. I was going to be profound. You, you thought you were going to pull off complete professionalism all night, but you know what does intrigue me? Puppies in a lab. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what. Just on I'm a side on a side note, though, what does intrigue me <laughs> yeah. are the consistent stories of of some people. Like they like these things manifest themselves differently, kind of. Yeah. But yeah. at some point, people are describing the same shit, you yeah. know, like, or, you know, ish. Not, not to say the same stuff, but like right. uh, encounters with like a motherly kind of entity or, you know, there's something that's that's consistent enough through people's experiences while they're in those states of mind that's interesting to me. I, I don't necessarily believe it's supernatural or something, but I, I find it to be really interesting and like to like learn more about that as it unfolds i might want to do some of that stuff myself i've been kind of a chicken to do some of it but well i've been microdosing on mushrooms for a little bit and in in benefiting from that but yeah i uh, yeah that's a thing i I would uh, love to do a little more regularly uh for we've had this conversation jelly and i about uh a couple of different uh of those substances and but for me mushrooms are great pretty much all the time they're not going to keep me up too late most of the time. Uh, but I don't go get the crazy big trip experience that a lot of people do. So we Just figure, how you are, we meaning? We figure I'm a macro doser in I got gotcha. you, okay. <laughs> like, so if I so, really want to go to that level, I, I probably got to take a whole bunch. But no, like, I hear you. Like, we have we have a couple of the decrim nature guys who consistently on my show, Jazz Cabbage Cafe, and have had some discussions on there. And... They are, you know, obviously completely different substances. Yeah. But there's a parallel in talking about cannabis and, like, mushrooms because there's so many different 
kinds, types, whatever the proper term is, you know, of each. And uh, with and, and, and they have different, you know, properties. Mm-hmm. And then the individual's different. And so when those things match up, they have different effects. It's magic. And stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, have you found that no matter what kind of mushroom it is, it takes you a little bit to get nailed by it? Or if there, has you ever come across, like... Any any when one really particular kind that, that that happened yeah. to get you before you had to take too much of it or well, something. Well, that, that's like that. interesting. Uh, there was some that um, there were some flopping around for a minute <laughs> in our stratosphere uh, that I never got my uh, lips around, but looked different oh, than right, anything right, that right, I'd right, ever right. eaten. Okay, yeah. And everyone I heard from on those was like, uh, "Dude, uh, hey, uh, wow!" Like I know somebody who in the middle of uh, their uh, routine uh literally had to just stop and go in a very positive and good way just kind of stopped and just into a little (laughs) tai chi move around let me feel what's going on around me and Mm -hmm. and i'm talking about not very much and somebody who's a seasoned vet you know what i mean so yeah and that's i'm with you though with regard to ayahuasca uh because it's and, and to another degree bufo because that yeah. is everyone says at some point you're going to go through some shit yeah. like to a degree once you get there it's pretty mind-blowing and expanding experience which i'm about but it does make me a little nervous like Where's what am i going to find what's my journey going to be uh how intense is it going to be fuck i'm 53 years old Things like that, you know. So well, I, I, it's I, nice I to just, hear someone else. You're say, old, man. I'm fucking Jesus old, Christ. dude. I, you know, I, it's Are you crazy. 53? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it was, we had to be pretty close. That's crazy. How old are you, Shermie? That's hilarious. If you'd have stayed in hell, we'd have graduated. Look at together. this. Look at this. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, True. I I love the idea though of. Yeah, it's adorable. Like I'm open to. Put gosh. That down. The, the idea that like we need to somehow transmit this knowledge to this generation that we know in like a thousand years is going to be hurting. Like then we're going to need to throw them a bone, you know, like we need to, the future people need to look back and go like, listen, you know, and, and what a bone and we're going to do it through plants that you drink. Or we're going to do it through like a song download. Okay, that or took a little leap it. from the next thing I was about ready to add layer onto that, but fine. Yeah, okay. But I'm, I'm saying like, I love the idea of, of like the future communicating to the past. Do, do you know what I mean? Because that's really what they're talking about. Is there's a or the past communicating to the future? Sure. But it's the same. Right? So it's you know you re- realize at some point these things are stone made out of big ass stone. Yeah. What which thing survive, is going to survive all these cataclysmic events and all this type of shit and stuff like that? So I mean somebody figured that out. Yeah. You know. Everything else is gone. I mean, yeah. even if they even if they had plastic shit or whatever, that's all. That's all gone. Man. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which yeah. we make. They probably did. Out of. Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know. So What's I the earth to, made of? I so to talk about something because I think valuable digression. By the way. So our, um, our kind of coming to a close, just so we can talk about it some more with Richard at some point. Yeah, this is but, just um, an intro. This was just our intro. <laughs> this is the intro or but, part one. 
Part one, part one. Part one, okay. Um, we'll see, we'll see. We, we, we need to... Either way, there needs to be some more discussion on some this. Some more discussion. We, clearly, the, a book that big, you're not going to crack yeah, the surface. So, there's so like, much there's cool under... Section, there's a whole section that he calls, like, um, wiping clean the crime scene or something. Ooh. And what he's talking about with that is sort of like, there's all this evidence of ancient cultures that... Um, we've just ripped through and destroyed ruthlessly as European settlers to where like the major wonderful ancient culture that we could have learned from we instead destroyed you know there's a word for and that looting right right, right. <laughs> but just even things like all these ancient texts from a bunch of those earthworks that you were talking about yeah. like 90% of those things are now gone were, yeah. You know. Yeah, and people. Mm. I think there was one or, of these Native yeah. American sites. Like a lot of them have WalMarts on them. Yeah, that's you know. There's a whole. There's yeah. layers on layers on layers. It, yeah. As Kendrick Lamar says, it's levels to it. You and I know. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's <laughs> levels to this shit. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's really hard to think about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years because you know my great, I think it's my great great grandmother or my great grandmother, one of the two, was uh, full blood Cherokee. And I have one picture. I've tried to go back and like ancestry.com and all this stuff and I can't find anything about her. And I just think, like, how the fuck did that happen? Like, how did that happen? What was your particular percentage of Native American? She's my great great grandmother. So on my mom's side, my mom's right, so great grandmother. So then you're like an eighth or a sixteenth Native American mm. or something. Like I don't know. I'm not sure how I mean, general you did, you did, you generational did math breaks down. You did the yeah. DNA thing, so I thought you had like the, the breakdown. Oh no, I did like an ancestry, like someone did my genealogy. Yeah, which oh, is, oh, it wasn't I'm sorry. Like okay. You didn't do the DNA thing. Okay. No, it was like a genealogy. More of the family, the family okay. tree. Because I'm Native American, kind of like an Elizabeth Warren kind of boy. <laughs> but that was a common thing, though. Was, you know, kind of like. Look, I hope I yeah. am. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, <laughs> what I'm saying is like, what happened? I, I want to know more about. What, I just became obsessed one year. Like, what happened to her family? What, like, how did they meet? Where'd she come from? Because in the one photograph I've ever seen, she's like a full-blooded Cherokee Indian, with this beaded dress and like they, they look so different I'm just like what the fuck happened and then married here? into a, like a European family or something yeah well yeah. I mean like a southern farm guy sure here's the you thing know? well yeah they were trying to like disband those encourage shit like that take kids out bring them into Christian schools all types of shit was going yeah there, there was that uh, but here's the right. thing he does talk about that the yeah. how of that oftentimes is information you wish you hadn't known. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So, whew, how do we bring this to a close? Um, the reason why... I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's already closed. The reason, why I think, <laughs> the reason why I think that people are so intrigued by this book is because um, it definitely makes you feel something. Like, you're either going to be full of wonder, you're going to be pissed off, mm. you're going to want, you know... I wished I had reference materials around me. <laughs> for maps I, I think things. people anticipate like discovering more, getting more people on the yeah. same page with this actually, and yeah. you know, there's there's other things out there that haven't really been 
fetted through as much. I mean, Graham Hancock is one guy, and there's other people looking right. at all these other they, things too that are really wild, man. They literally just found yeah. new. There's a lot. They're of calling it out there. Dead Sea Scrolls. They literally yep. just found yeah. them. So I mean, if we're diligent and we're willing to pay attention and not let councils tell us what's right and wrong throughout well, the next course of history, we yeah. might learn a few things. And it right. gives us a way to go. It you know, if you grew up in a really staunch Judeo-Christian situation, for example, and thinking about things like this was considered bad or wrong or weird for whatever reason. Word. Because it didn't fit that mold. Mm-hmm. It's just good to let yourself think about something bigger than that one picture. Because then it reshapes your whole dynamic with the way you see your life, you know? So it's totally fascinating. Okay. Hash Bash is a week from tomorrow. Saturday, April 3rd, Uh, high noon. Twitch slash A2 (laughs) Hash Bash. He says confidently. He sure did. I'm sure that's correct. Similar to that. Ann Arbor Hash Bash. In a quick Google away. Look it up. Look it up. Look it, up. Look it up. Or find out, like, early when I was right about when Plato was around, you know, maybe I'm right about this, too. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. Look, your hunches have been yeah. on the money so far yeah. tonight. It's I in there somewhere. That, just, you know, All right, you guys not connected. just keep up the banter. Just keep up the banter. Uh, we, uh, we're keeping up banter. Keep uh, up the banter. Okay, bye. All right, that's not going to be uncomfortable Bye, you guys. At all. Thank you very much. <laughs> bye. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness.